This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You On Fire. You On Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 143, and it's another installment of Classic Rebel Radio, where we revisit an episode from the past while I'm on maternity leave. Today, we are revisiting the interview I did with Crystal Bougon, owner and resident Curvy Girl at Curvy Girl Inc. and activist on feeling sexy at every size, reclaiming the word fat and the importance of sexual pleasure as self-care. And I'll be answering a listener question on fat oppression and eating disorder recovery. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinand.com forward slash 143. And just as a reminder, I'm on maternity leave until spring 2019. So the episodes you're hearing here originally aired in the first two seasons of the podcast. This one aired January 25th, 2016. They're some of my favorites and some of yours, and I hope you enjoy listening to them again or hearing them for the first time. Before we begin, really quick shout out to Josie Cakes, who left this review. Fantastic podcast helping me navigate my eating disorder recovery. Amazing. See, reviews can just be short and sweet, and they do such a favor for this show because they help others to find the information that you're learning here. You can leave a review by heading to iTunes, searching for Fearless Rebel Radio, then click Ratings and Reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating. If you haven't already done so, definitely subscribe to the show via iTunes or whatever platform you use. And don't forget to grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Today's listener question comes from Nadia, and it's broken into a few different questions. So question number one is, what is the line between having an eating disorder and societal pressure? Is there a line or are they completely different things? Second question is, is fat oppression discussed in eating disorder recovery spaces where there are thin people? Because fat people have to address it every day because it's part of their existence. And third question is, where is the line between being self-conscious as a human and fat shaming? For example, when a thin person voices body dysmorphia, are they body shaming others? Can a fat person tell them that it's ridiculous and that they should not engage in it? So I'm going to answer each of these three individually. Uh, So first question, what is the line between having an eating disorder and societal pressure? Is there a line or are they completely different things? So eating disorders operate on a spectrum And I'm definitely not an expert in eating disorders at all. That is not my area of expertise. So I highly recommend checking out the podcast I did with Jennifer Rowland, which is episode number 93, where we talk about the difference between disordered eating and having an eating disorder. 
And societal pressure is certainly one component of an eating disorder, but there is also a biological and psychological component to it as well. So there is a difference, I think, between being just like a chronic dieter who has a messed up relationship with food and someone who has an eating disorder. But societal pressure is certainly something that influences an individual in both of those circumstances. Second question, is fat oppression discussed in eating disorder recovery uh, in particular when there's thin people. And I don't think it always is. It's not. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of fat phobia in eating disorder recovery spaces. And again, I've only heard this through experts such as Jennifer Rowland, who was on episode 93, and Colleen Reichman, who was on episode 123. They both talked about this where they mentioned how fat phobia is sometimes reinforced by therapists or eating disorder specialists. For example, you might come across a website for someone who treats eating disorders, but they say they also treat obesity. That is fat phobic. Or I've heard of people who have worked with therapists where the therapist has said to them, don't worry, you won't get that big. And all that's doing is reinforcing fat phobic beliefs. So yes, fat acceptance needs to be a part of eating disorder recovery. They cannot operate independently, you know, without fat acceptance. I don't think someone can fully recover. And I think that if there's subtle or overt fat phobia happening within an eating disorder recovery environment, then that person is never going to heal completely. And so, yes, I think that there's a lack of it. I think that that has been acknowledged and there's a lot of health at every size practitioners that are trying to change that. I know I follow Hillary and Dana from Be Nourished uh, like Carmen Cool, like they're always at these conferences where eating disorder recovery is being brought up and they are really trying to encourage health at every size and fat acceptance being incorporated into that recovery process. So I'm hoping that it gets better, but the, it is still there right now. Third question, where is the line between being self-conscious as a human and fat shaming? So when a thin person voices body dysmorphia, are they body shaming others? Can a fat person tell them it's ridiculous and they're not engaging in it? So I'm kind of going on an assumption here of, of what Nadia means. I think that what she is saying is, you know, when someone in a thinner body voices their body dissatisfaction, it can often come off as fat phobic in a sense that, you know, someone might say like, I'm really struggling with my body size, but they're clearly in a thinner body. And it can make someone who's in a body that's larger than theirs feel pretty bad. Because it's like, well, if you feel that way about your body, like, how do you feel about mine? And so that's how I'm interpreting this question. And I hope that that is that is totally correct. So number one, I think body shame can affect people in all sizes. So yes, someone in a thin body can feel a lot of shame about their body. However, they don't experience weight discrimination. And that is really important. We cannot say that someone who is in a thin body experiences body shame on the same level or this has the same experience as someone who is in a larger body. They may experience the similar emotions of shame or self-consciousness or fear, but they don't have the same experience actually living in their bodies. Their body, the, the experiences they have living in their bodies are going to be different. So me personally, like I am what in I am in what is considered a straight size body. And so I don't experience things like discrimination at the doctor. I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to fit into a seat or getting judgment for eating a burger or people assuming that I want to lose weight. You know, those are all ways that fat bodies are discriminated in this culture. 
And I don't experience that because I have thin privilege. And so thin privilege is real. And it's really important to take this into consideration when we're talking about our experiences. So if you are in a body that would be considered most socially acceptable, you have to acknowledge that you have privilege and watch what you say, because what you say and the way that you word things may be hurtful and maybe fat phobic. And I've certainly learned a lot over the years. I definitely was guilty of this before as well. So I'm not saying that you need to be perfect, but I think you we really have to watch the way that we talk about our bodies so that we are helping to dismantle fat phobia and really make other people not feel worse about themselves. So to Nadia's point, can you tell them it's ridiculous? I mean, you can word it however you want, but I think that many thin people aren't aware of the concept of privilege or privilege they have. And they feel that body shame is the same across the board when it is not. So I think choose your battles, choose where you feel it's appropriate to intervene or speak up. But I think as someone who is in a smaller body, so speaking from my personal experience, it's we should be the ones speaking up to these other thin people too. You know, if we hear that, we should be, we should say, hey, please don't say that. So for example, if someone is using fat phobic language to describe themselves by saying something like, oh, I feel so big, like that's fat phobic. And if, you know, if I hear someone saying that, I'm going to call them out because I don't think the onus should be on the person who is in a fat body to have to call those people out. We should be the ones doing, doing that work. Much like white people, myself included, we have to be the ones that are dismantling white supremacy. So overall, Nadia, I think your feelings are totally valid here. You've definitely got your eyes open. I'm sorry that you experienced discrimination and that you've been made to feel this way. And hopefully that even just anyone listening to this and hopefully over time, some of these things will start to change for you. All right. Crystal's awesome to talk to. She just owns her body, owns sex as pleasure. And I think that you're going to love listening to this episode again. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am so excited about today's guest. Today, I'm talking to Crystal Bugon. Crystal is the owner and resident curvy girl at Curvy Girls, Inc., which is And she is a high-tech refugee who got laid off from her high-tech job in Silicon Valley during the dot-com bomb in 2002. This eventually led her to open the first-ever plus-size lingerie boutique, Curvy Girl Lingerie. Curvy Girl in San Jose, California is the first lingerie store in the U.S. for plus-size women. With a sexy isn't a size motto, the store carries items in sizes 14 to 6X. Bugan created Curvy Girl in October 2012, because she believes that all women deserve a safe place to shop without judgment where they can find sexy lingerie and panties that fit well and make them feel pretty and sexy. Crystal has been a very loud supporter of sexy positivity and body positivity since 2003. She has a vibrant curvy girl community on Facebook and Instagram and invites people of all sizes to join her online communities. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you, Summer. Yep, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so... Sexy is for everybody. Every single body deserves, if they want to feel sexy, then that's our mission. Yeah, I love it. And um, I'm just so happy that we got connected by my friend Kyla, who I'm assuming you also know pretty well, because I I believe she lives in San Jose, too. Yeah, and she was so cool to perform at our Curvy Girl Lingerie Fashion Show this past summer. And um, she was, like, newly getting into burlesque, and so she did a burlesque number for us. 
at our fashion show, which was amazing. And the funniest thing is that um, we had a TV crew there filming our TV show that were, that's going to be um, coming out in the new year. Mm-hmm. And um, the TV crew was overloaded the circuits at the fashion show venue. And as she was in the middle of her number, the power went out. So she finished her number without music, with, just with all the curvy girls clapping for her, giving her a little beat. It was crazy, but she was such a professional, and she didn't handle it so well. She is amazing. She, she is. is. I love her. She is such an inspiration. So I'm just so happy that um, she's in my life, and through her, I've yeah. been connected with so many other amazing women like yourself. So um, you. I'd love to know more about your story and how you got to, to where you are today. Yeah, sure. So um, I identify myself as a fat girl, a uh, fat woman. I've been fat since the third grade. I'm almost 48, so I've had a lot of years to um, get comfortable with the label. I realize not everybody likes that one, but um, it's just who I am. I don't feel like it's an insult. Um, it's likely who I'm going to be my entire life, and that's okay. I love my body. I love all the things it can do for me. You know, it allows me to have lots of hot sex. It allows me to hug and kiss my niece and nephew. It allows me to meet all these amazing people that come into my boutique here in San Jose and talk with them and love them and coach them and pump them up and, you know, have those really difficult conversations. We do so much more here than to sell laundry, but it was my dream probably since I was about the time I was about 20 when I kind of first became sexually active. That's a little bit of a late bloomer. And, um, I've always had partners that wanted me to see my fat body in lingerie. And uh, I used to have used to go around to lingerie stores. And, like, sometimes I'd even go to lingerie stores and buy, like, two things that were, like, a size 10 and try to combine them together to make it into a size 20 because there's just really nowhere for someone who wasn't a size 10 or smaller to go and buy really sexy, even sometimes trashy and you know, really strappy, slutty-looking clothes that I adore. Uh-huh. There was just nowhere for that. And um, I thought, that's so sad, you know? Like, there's tons of places to buy uh, sexy and romantic and strappy and trashy, beautiful lingerie online, but nowhere for people like my body to go and shop in person and try the stuff on. And by the way, when you have a fat body, it's so hard to buy stuff online because... Fat bodies have so many variations. It's just like, whoa. Um, So for me, when I was trying to buy laundry online, I'd be so disappointed time and time and time again. So all those sort of life experiences and me wanting this kind of led to me going, you know what? I can't be the only person that wants sexy laundry. I just can't. There's got to be other women who are size 14 to size 28 that want the same stuff. I can't be alone in this. Yeah, and so what, uh, you know, like, how, how has business been for you since you opened the store? Well, I'm not going to lie, it's a hustle. <laughs> I mean, um, I, you know, when I worked in tech they, here in Silicon Valley, it's well known for, um, you know, sucking the soul out of you because when you work at Google or Facebook or Oracle, you literally work all day long, seven days a week. But they make it, they mask it a little bit, like with, you know, beer, beer bashes and, you know, um, fun stuff, but they really don't want you to leave. <laughs> they want you to sit, sit there at your computer and write code and whatever. So I did that for 15 years, but um, I hustled. But owning your own business and owning a retail store is a hustle because even though I'm not here in the boutique seven days a week, although some days I am, 
there's also other stuff to do, you know, promoting it, blogging, connecting with other bloggers, all the stuff, you know, mm-hmm. how it is to run a business. And um, it's sometimes a little bit of retail gel because we are stuck here, you know, when the hours are um, posted. But it's just so rewarding to work for yourself seven days a week. And also know in my heart that I'm helping a lot of people. You know, it, it really makes my heart smile when I get a customer who she'll tell me, gosh, you know, I've driven here three or four times. I've just never been brave enough to come in. And they walk in the door, and sometimes they're trembling, a little bit tears, you know. They're nervous because they're used to stores at the mall where you get a lot of shame and embarrassment because clearly that store has nothing in your size, and why are you here? And anyway, they walk in, they're a little nervous, and then they walk out holding their head high and, you know, a bag in their hand, and they're just so excited. Like, my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriend's going to be so excited, and it just, it, it really does fill up my heart. It just makes me want to burst with joy. It's so exciting to see these women sort of, and men too, but transform, you know, just in a half an hour trip to our boutique. It's it's really, I get choked up even thinking about it. It's really emotional. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to, um, to be able to not only, you know, like have a business, but also to be able to like, you know, really do something of service with that. <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, it must just like light up your heart every day to be able to, to help women yeah. like connect with, um, you know, this piece of themselves that, um, maybe they haven't allowed themselves to connect with before. Yeah, for sure. And, um, sorry to get emotional on you, but yeah, it's like, um, people come here and they tell me things like, you know, I've lost myself. I don't know how to find it again. Um, I've lost that sexiness I don't know how to be sexy I don't know how to how do I even wear lingerie because we've had so many messages our entire life you know of course you're fat you're not wearing lingerie are you crazy I mean that's what the media and the world would tell us you know I mean honestly when I opened my store I was looking for a place to put my boutique I had this one company that I was thinking about renting from them and they asked me so they make laundry for fat people? I'm all like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> they said, you're going to try to compete with Victoria's Secret? I'm like, nope. <laughs> they, like, these people couldn't understand it, you know? And, and, and it's not just people that are renting retail spaces. It's my customers that sometimes don't believe it, that it's okay and that it's beautiful. And, you know, that, yeah, you can. You can be a 6X and wear lingerie. So... As a business owner, I have a few challenges, you know, it's like just letting people know I exist, but then also letting people know that you do have permission to dress as trashy or sexy or as romantic or as revealing as you want to and know this kind of stuff is not just for people who are sized two, you know, it's for everybody if you want it. And I imagine like, you know, with the internet, you're able to, you know, create such a bigger wave than you would have been able to, you know, like 20 years ago, because, you know, you, you've done a lot of, um, writing for like HuffPost and you've got Mm -hmm. like your reality TV show, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, how has that been for you to share, you know, your opinions and stories with a broader audience? Yeah. It's sometimes a little overwhelming, you know, um, mostly it's super rewarding and, um, it's always mind-blowing to see, you know, there's people following me on Facebook or on my blog that are, you know, 
um, in Newfoundland and Pakistan and London and Scotland and Australia, and you know they and they're even ordering from us because we do ship all over the world. It took us a while to figure out that one out, but we finally figured it out. And um, you know the same struggles going on, you know, in Brazil and. Portugal, you know, oh, there's so much racism and sizeism here, and mm-hmm. you just hear the same thing from every single corner of the world. And I never would have dreamt, honestly, that we would have this amazing community. I, I some of the things that didn't predict, I couldn't predict, I guess, um, was the community thing. I had no idea there'd be so much community around my boutique. A lot of local people doing stuff together, and then. Uh, Curvies in other cities getting together because of our boutique and our page. I didn't, I could have never forecasted the idea that other fat women would take pictures of themselves in laundry and post it on my Facebook page. That one blows my mind. So generous, you know, I mean, just, I, I could have never predicted those things. Yeah, I mean, you're igniting social change with it. Like, I think, you know, it's, it's it's like putting those images out there, whether it's through, you know, your Facebook or your Instagram, which I follow. I just think, um, you know, it's like showing the world that, yeah, you can be sexy at any size. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just think that that's, that's, that's so good. So it, it's just, I, to me, like what you're doing is just obviously it's so much more than, than a business, but I'd love to know, like, you know, you describe yourself as fat, which is a word mm-hmm. that can make people feel really uncomfortable. Were mm-hmm. you always comfortable identifying yourself as fat or, you know, was there a point in time when you decided I'm going to reclaim this word and, and use it to do, to describe myself? Well, I mean, no, you know, definitely, you know, when I was in junior high and high school and, you know, was trying to find my own self, trying to find my own confidence, I certainly would have been, you know, horrified if someone called me fat when I was 20, mm-hmm. uh, even though I knew I was, you know, I mean, that's really when I started to become the larger person it was like when I was in college, 20s, um, but something definitely kind of clicked in my brain around the time I turned 30. And um, that's kind of when I decided that no matter what I did, like especially like in bed or um, as far as my sex life goes, that I'm going to make everything about me. And then I discovered the more I made things about me, the more my partner, my partner just was like along for the ride, you know, like, hell yeah, get greedy, Crystal, you know, because like the greedier you get about your own pleasure and your own needs and not being afraid to ask for what you need whether that's in life or in the bedroom, things just get a lot easier, you know? And um, it was right about that time, I think, when I kind of developed um, I don't give a fuck attitude. <laughs> and that's kind of an all changed for me. So that was like that area era of my life where I was like, yeah, no more. Not going to worry about pleasing other people. Not going to worry about what do people expect me to do. And then I'm like, you know, uh, this body has done so much amazing stuff for me. Why aren't I loving it more? Why aren't I, why am I denying it so much? You know, why am I hiding? Why am I playing everything so safe? Why am I wearing black everywhere? You know, like I tell my customers, you can buy all black laundry. That's lovely. We'll be happy to help you. But no matter how much black you wear, we can still see how much face you take up. So why not put a little splash of color there? You know, if your partner's getting naked with you, they know how big you are. You know, there's no hiding it when you're having sex with someone. So mm-hmm. there's no need to try to camouflage it. And I realize that's a, um, 
in theory, that sounds great. It's not always that easy to work on it in, in real life, but at least start working on it, you know, and start going, yeah, man, this person keeps showing up with me naked over and over and over and over. They're into you, you know? Yeah. Go for it. Let it go. Have fun. Yeah, I think that's so, I think that's so awesome. I love how you said, ask for what you need, like, you know, in in the bedroom and in life, because I Mm -hmm. feel like that's something that as women, you know, we're told that we don't, we shouldn't ask for the things that we want, you know, like there's some sort of shame associated with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, Denise Jolly is part of our our TV show Plus Life and we were talking and we did a, like a fat girls pole dancing kind of thing at my friend's pole dancing studio. And I was talking about something and she's like, you know what? Boundaries are sexy. And it's like, that's right. Boundaries are sexy. You know? I love that. <laughs> you set the boundaries about how people can treat you. That's hot. I mean, someone who knows exactly what they want or exactly what you do not want that to me and a partner, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I want someone who knows what they want and what they don't want. And there's no, gray area you know it's it's I don't know get greedy like I said get greedy about what it is you want and don't be afraid to ask for it in all things because it just makes life so much more simple if you're not running around always trying to please someone else yeah and I think like um you know talking about you know what it means to actually like love your body and like to feel sexy like I I think you know you really nailed it there by saying like tying it to it's not just about like this internal feeling of sexiness, but it is about like asking for what you need and setting boundaries. And mm-hmm. I think that that's such an important thing to, to, for, for women to know that, um, it's okay to do that. <laughs> and like, that is sexy and that is how you feel more empowered on the inside. Oh, so much so. And you feel more in control of your life. And another thing that I like to talk about here at my boutique, and I've written about this a lot too, which is we don't settle don't settle for crappy partners, you know, don't settle for family members that make you feel like crap about your body. Don't settle in anything because you're just shortchanging yourself. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times a women of size will settle for a partner who maybe they won't be seen with you in public. Yeah. You know, hello, like, no. I mean, really, I'd rather have, be alone with my vibrator than be alone with somebody who can't be seen with me in public. That's not a partner. That's some butthead, you know? It's just like, ew. And, um, you know, there's all those stupid things that people say about women of size, you know, that we're easy, we put out, whatever. We're, set, we're going to settle, you know, we, we can, we'll be your side chick, you know? Just, ugh, no way, no more, uh-uh. Yeah, you know, I've 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 heard this from some of the women that I work with, because um, I work with a lot of women who uh, are coming off of chronic dieting, and mm-hmm. so um, you know, so, sometimes your your body changes, and you know, you you gain a bit of weight and and mm-hmm. whatever, um, and their partners have have said to them, you know, that they're afraid they're not going to be attracted to them anymore, and it just yeah. like, you know, I it hurts me so much to hear that because I'm like, how could somebody, like, how could somebody who claims to love you treat you in that way? Well, like I always ask my customers that that bring this up. I say, well, are you in love with him or her because of their body type and the way their body looks? And are you going to stop loving them when they gain 10 pounds or lose 10 pounds? And they say, no, you know, well, they're like, why would you think that that's what they're going to do? You typically, 
people are in love with the person, not their body. Now, of course, there are a percentage of people out there who will only date certain body types, and that's fine. They can have each other, you know, but, like, more than likely, if that's, if that's one of the things that your partner, they're either staying or not staying because of, I say, you know what, go ahead, bye-bye. If you don't like my body in 10 pounds or 50 pounds, I mean, let's face it, humans, our bodies go up and down, especially women, all over the place because of our cycles and menopause and hormones. And, I mean, you have to love me always, not just when I'm some perfect body type. Otherwise, I'm really not interested in you. Yeah, and I often think it's just like, it's a, it's such a bullshit statement because, like, attractiveness is, to me, like, it's not a body shape. Like, it's, there's just so much mm-hmm. more that what it, to what connects people from, like, an attraction perspective. Um, I try to tell my customers, how about be, instead of having, like, a type that you're attracted to, how about your type be someone who's kind? That's your type. Like, yeah. I only date tall men because they make me feel thinner. I only date tall women or, you know, women who make me feel like I'm more um, petite. And, like, God, that's ridiculous. You know, like, how about, what if you you just open up your mind a little bit and say, you know, if someone's kind to me and they show interest in me and they treat me like a goddess, whether they're 500 pounds or 100 pounds, if this person is going to be so kind to you, would you deny them that because they didn't need a certain body type? I had this one lady in my store and she was telling me how gross she is and I swear to you, we had our bodies were identical. Mm-hmm. And she kept saying, I just feel so gross. I look so gross. Look at how gross I look. And I go, do you think I'm gross? Oh, no, gosh, you know, you're beautiful. You look at you. And I'm like, well, honestly, like, let's get in front of the mirror. We have that same body. And she started crying. She said she felt bad at all. No, I'm not insulted at all. I'm just saying, you don't think I'm ungross. Why do you think you're gross? Mm-hmm. Oh, that word gross, it just breaks my heart. I mean, yeah, I mean, any, any term like that is just... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's basically speaking to shame, you know, it's just the language that we use to say, I feel ashamed of myself, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's really about changing, you know, your attitude and your mindset and not, not the exterior. Cause that doesn't change the interior. Um, nope. even if, if, even if that woman did, you know, lose weight, she would probably still use those same words to describe herself. Probably. And that's, I mean, that's why she got emotional too. She was like, I don't know why do I why do I call myself that? I said I don't know, but you have to change those internal tapes first. You can't can't keep saying that word to yourself inside of your head and then expect to feel good in a piece of lingerie. You know, you have to say things like, "Damn, I'm hot." You know, look at that. Hell yeah, I'm beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and then you start to get that confidence and get that mojo going. You know, and just wear it. Like I try to tell my customers, if you're going to buy this, promise me you're going to do one thing, which is just wear it like you were born with it, you know, because if you go out there with your partner and you're like, oh, you know, and you're hiding in the bathroom and that's, that's not going to own the moment, you know, you need to, if you're going to do this, you need to rock it, you need to be prepared, just do it, just change that mindset, even for a half an hour, just rock it and just go out there and own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about that a bit because, uh, I think a lot of times women put that stuff on hold, right? Like they think to themselves, like, I don't want to put on the sexy lingerie or I don't want to like, you know, t- be, take the, a more dominant role in the bedroom until I feel more comfortable in my body. But I believe that, you know, we have to 
kind of just step into that fear and do it in order to feel more comfortable with our bodies. Um, What's your take on that? Yeah, I agree. I definitely have customers who tell me, you know, I just want to try some stuff on today. You know, I'm just still learning and, you know, but I'm I'm taking, I'm on this new cleanse and, you know, I'll come back in like a month. And I was like, you know, (laughs) that's fine. Of course, you're welcome to try on stuff here all day long with no obligation to buy. I said, but Really? I mean, you could be hit by a bus tonight, so um, all you really have is right now, this moment. And life is very short. It can be, you know, and sure, you know, feel free to do whatever you want to do. I I absolutely believe in people can do whatever they want to do. I don't ever suggest people not go on a diet or go on a diet. I just, to me, it's not, it's none of my business. I just want to help you feel sexy right now. And I just try to explain to them, all you really have is this moment in time. And um, I would say, you know, stop putting stuff on hold because, I mean, a whole lifetime could go by you while you're waiting to lose that last 50 pounds or that last 10 pounds of baby weight or whatever. And before you know it, your kid's 18 and you you never rock that laundry because you're always waiting for your last 10 pounds to go away. And it just, I mean, I definitely have people coming here all the time. They go, you know, I haven't, I haven't been nurturing my love life. My, my husband and I have been parenting and we've been married for 20 years and now the kids are gone. I have no idea what to do now. I don't know how to wear laundry. I don't know how to be that sexy vixen anymore. So I put all that on hold and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. You know, you can't put that stuff on hold too long. You got to always be nurturing it. Just like you always have to be nurturing your own, your own confidence, your own internal dialogue. You have to be working on that all the time, I think, because it is, it is a discipline that you have to learn. I think, I know know a few people that are just like, no, I never have a down day, but I would say 99.9% of people definitely have our our inner mean girl going on. Oh, yeah. I think that if there's a 1% who says they don't, they're lying because it's part of our psyche. Like, it it never goes Mm -hmm. away. We just learn how to respond to it. We learn how to, like, not take direction from it. And we learn how to minimize it, but Mm -hmm. um, it'll never go away completely. I, I just think that that's, like... it's ridiculous to think that, I mean, we're human. We're going to have days where we feel more critical of ourselves for one reason or another, whether it's about our body or something else. Yeah. And for sure. I mean, I have these days too, you know, I've got definitely, there's certain days where I'm like, can we just light a candle today, babe? You know, (laughs) I'm not having the best body image day and my partner gets it, you know, he knows like, you know, you can only do so much. I, I was telling you, you know, I, we had some really hot sex the other day and, I told him, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't, you know, my tummy, and then he's like, Crystal, you know, how, how many more years do I have to convince you that I love your tummy? And I was telling him, you know, we don't, we don't exactly celebrate a large tummy in our culture. And even though I know, you know, intellectually you love it, emotionally, I'm still like, oh, my God, my big gut, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because I feel a little bit like I have that imposter like who am I? <laughs> you know, yes. I'm supposed to be helping women to feel beautiful about their tummy, and then here I am, also going, "Oh my God, my gut is so jiggly," and you know, and he's like, "I uh-huh. love it, but I can't believe it sometimes." So I mean, even I have those days where I just can't quiet down the inner mean girl. You know, I try really hard, but it's it can be difficult. You and me both. I mean, that's what I do for a living. Is I help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a body image coach, right? and like, but I, but I'm open about those moments and those days because I think it's so important for women to understand that 
it's not every day that, you know, you wink at yourself in the mirror. Some days you're just like, I'm okay. And some days you're not okay. And that's okay too. Like that's other days I'm like, hot damn, I'm hot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you got to like, really like enjoy those moments and recognize them for what they are because that they plant seeds for more, more days like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's just, I guess it's part of being human. And, um, even though, I'm supposed to be this cheerleader for other women to feel sexy and beautiful. Some days I have my crappy days too, and it happens, and you know what, I just try to move on, and I try to, personally what I do, and I know it sounds so cliche, but then I, when I hear that voice coming up, then I think, okay, Crystal, you have gorgeous lips. Look at your cute little baby ears, those little cute little earlobes that you have, and these adorable toes, and look at that big curvy butt, and you know what, you're going to be all right today. And so I just have to kind of remind myself of the stuff that, I really love about my body and like I said earlier, all the things it can do for me and try to focus on that gratitude and that helps me to get rid of that, that inner mean bitch that's telling me I'm too fat or too whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Find the things that you, that you like and, and just, you know, try to shift your focus towards there. And I mean, that really, that's just compassion, right? it's just having compassion yeah. for yourself. So I think, I think like, no, go ahead. If, um, I always say, like, I have this thing I talk about on Facebook. Like, if you talk to your children the way you talk to yourself, Child Protective Services possibly might take your children away. <laughs> they would. Oh, yeah, they would for sure. <laughs> it's abuse. Really? Would you ever say that to your best friend? Would you ever say that to your children, to your partner? And, like, that's the kind of mean stuff that people say to themselves that could really be considered abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to try to stop. Yeah. We put all these conditions on ourselves too, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, uh, I'll only love myself if the, you mm-hmm. know, I fit into the size or if the scale says this, or if I look this way, like, and it's like, you would never treat somebody else that you love that way. Like you would never, never. say to your child, like, I'm only going to love you on the days that you, you know, <laughs> behave this way. Like, it's just, right. it's crazy. It's crazy. Everybody needs to get a scale. Like we have here at the store, we have the yay scale. Oh yeah. The yay, yay one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're hot. You're pretty. I had this one awesome. lady and her daughter come in one night and her daughter was five years old. And so the, she had the daughter kind of sit on the chair by the front of the, the store and she was just trying to get in and get out real quick. Then her daughter saw the scale over there. And I'm not even joking. This five-year-old little girl takes her shoes off and walks over to the scale. And I'm thinking, how does she know yeah. at five take her shoes off and get on the scale mm-hmm. and then she got on the a scale and it said pretty she said mom i think that says pretty does it say i'm pretty and her mom's like yeah it says you're pretty and i was like oh man i hope this girl remembers this for the rest of her life you know i hope so too I hope so too. I love that you have that skill. That's so great. I've seen that. Um, yeah. and I'll link to it in the show notes again, cause, uh, it's come up before on this podcast. Hmm. Um, so I have to ask you this cause I just want to hear your response to it. Cause I know sometimes you receive backlash for, mm-hmm. for what you're doing. Um, how do you respond to people who say that you're glorifying obesity? And I put that in quotation marks cause I would <laughs> right. never use that term myself, but I wanted to hear how you respond to that. Yeah, well, that's fine. I'd be, I'd be happy to glorify obesity every single day of the week if that's what they, they think I'm doing. I could care less what they think. Um, I'm here to glorify people's lives and glorify the pleasure they're capable of. I'm here to show them how glorious their bodies are. And um, I just say this all the time. It kind of gets, sounds like a broken record, but haters are my motivators. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, 
if there's ever a sign that you need to keep doing the work that you're doing is when you start hearing from the haters, you know? Uh-huh. I'm just like, whatever, people, um, well, do you think you're going to stop me by saying a bunch of mean crap to me? I could care less. I really, I think it's ridiculous. I think they should just go back to their little corner of the world or their dungeon or wherever they are sitting um, on a computer anonymously throwing, you know, mean comments my way. Um, I just don't care. I mean, they have nothing to do with me. I always say, if I don't love you, I don't give a shit about your opinion of me. <laughs> and um, I don't love those people. I, I feel I wish they had more love in their life. Um, I've definitely been, you know, accused of glorifying obesity by a lot of people. Was, you know, on CNN and Good Morning America talking about that topic about two years ago for like two weeks straight. Uh. But um, no, I'm not glorifying um, any kind of thing except pleasure and beauty and self-love and self-care and um, yeah it just that hate just fuels my fire and it just gets me out of bed in the morning I can't wait to hit the floor and get down here and help women to feel sexy and beautiful and I just I, I don't know I used to try to ignore the haters but then I realized I got nothing from that so now I'll engage with them a little bit and just you know tell them what bullshit they're preaching and why do they even care and just leave us alone over here. We have my little blog. We have my Facebook page. Just go somewhere else. There's like a zillion other places to go on the internet. Just go away. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I love it. I love your response to that so much. Yeah, I'll tell you my, my when I, so usually of course I ban them and whatever, but sometimes I have to send them a little note and say, so curious to know why you're here looking at these images of these beautiful fat women in their lingerie. <laughs> Just wondering, what are you doing at home alone? I know you're sitting there jerking off to the pictures of these women, and I'm sure you're confused that you have an erection by these fat, beautiful bodies, and so you have to lash out at us. So feel free to continue <laughs> to enjoy looking at these beautiful women while I ban you. Please don't come back unless you, you know, have something nice to say. And that's when I snap. Sometimes I snap. <laughs> oh my God. You're, that is, you are hilarious. That wins the internet is like such a great response. Summer, that's what they're doing, right? I mean, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> why are they even, why are, what, they go out and look for fat women and so they, why? What, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Just wondering. laughs> That's the thing with the internet. It's like, <laughs> there's always spoofs on like, uh, on like comedy shows and stuff about what the trolls really look like. <laughs> it's like, or what, you know, they're you just know. like these like men and like, you know, toques with their glasses, like sitting at the computer. Uh-huh. Like I just, uh, I applaud you for taking a stand on it because, um, and I love how it just fuels your passion and your fire to help women. And I just think, I think your response to that is just awesome. So thank you for that. <laughs> Um, I want to talk to you about your show. So tell me about Plus Size Life. Sure. So we opened my boutique, you know, a little over three years ago now. And um, pretty much as soon as we opened, people started coming around asking us about creating a TV show about my boutique. (laughs) And we actually, we we got involved with three different production companies. They just, however they heard about us through social media, you know, and it's such a different concept, I guess. It was kind of like the reality show people were just so intrigued. And so they would come here and they would interview us and they would you know, interview my employees and my customers and they make these little sizzle reels and then they always kind of turned out a little bit, well, I mean, I love trashy, so I don't want to say trashy, but um, sensationalistic, you know, kind of like exploitative, exploitive of fat bodies. And so it, three different times we did that and I was just like, yeah, I don't want to be involved in that. You know, I, I would tell them right up front, I can't be involved in anything that's not empowering, that's not about... 
um, you know, lifting people up and making people feel beautiful exactly as they exist this moment in time. So if you're going to make a TV show about, you know, sad fat girls who are, you know, talking about their next diet or their next cleanse, yeah. I can't be involved. And so they'd say, oh, yeah, 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 for sure, no problem, you know, and then they'd make this sizzle reel, and I'm like, no, that's not us. I don't want to be, I don't want to be cliche, you know, it's so boring, it's been done a million times, fat girls home alone eating pizza and donuts, fat girls are not, never the main character, never fat, sexy women, never women who are really um, self-realized, you know, just always the stupid fat girl sidekick or the side piece or the butt of the joke and... All their stuff just kind of it sounded like that, or it looked like that, and I just didn't want to be involved. So then my friend Adrian, who is the executive producer of our show, she was like, Crystal, let's do it ourselves. And that way we can have control over how we're um, depicted. And I just want to show, I just want to show the world fat girls who are not obsessed with their weight, they're not obsessed with dieting, doesn't even, don't even talk about dieting, they eat pizza and donuts if they want to. Maybe on the same day, maybe at the same time. Maybe they don't ever eat pizza and donuts. Just being ourselves. Living, loving, laughing, singing, dancing, having fun, wearing lingerie, you know. Just doing the things that you see everybody else do in the media, but you never see fat bodies do this stuff. Without the, um, without the sad fat girl home alone on the Saturday night kind of bullshit. That's my dream. And yeah. that's what we're trying to do with Plus Life. Oh, I love it. Yeah, there's there's a serious lack of um, of fat women, you know, owning their sexuality in media. Yeah. You know, like, the, I think, like, Le- you know, like, Lena Dunham was, like, the first person to, like, kind of, kind of go down that road, you know? Right, <laughs> it's, yeah. like, uh-huh. it's always, it's always portrayed as, um, yeah, like you said, like the sad, the sad girl, or like, there's always like some plot line that they have issues with food or they're trying to lose weight. And it's like, why not just like, as someone who's empowered and happy and living a great Mm -hmm. life. So I, I applaud you so much for seeing that opportunity and for, and for putting that out there. Yeah. I just, you know, I just want to just want to show really a day in the life at Curvy Girl, which is all these amazing people. I just want to show all these amazing women that shop here at my store, you know, they, their mothers, their daughters, their friends, their partners, they work, they have jobs, they pull dance, they burlesque, they go to bingo, they go to karaoke, just like every all the rest of mankind, you know? And um it's really not that special. It's just just the reality here, but it's not the reality on T V, you know, you don't usually it's like, um yeah, just those old cliches I guess that I just I'm so bored with. I think everybody's bored by them as, as well, not just me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the, what's the plan with that? Like, I know you shot a pilot and so where, yeah. where are you at? So we actually shot now seven episodes. So we're trying to awesome. raise more money. We need to shoot 10 episodes total. So we need three more. And, um, we're hoping if we get enough money, we'll be able to tape the, um, we're going to move my boutique in January to a larger location. So we're hoping that we can raise enough money to film that, um, the move and the grand opening party and just get three more episodes filmed and then we can start, you know, editing and then hopefully we'll have them on the air. It's going to be on cable. It's going to be really late at night. So it's going to be one of those shows where you set the DVR because we do also sell sex toys here and we also sell products that enhance your sex life that were designed specifically for fat bodies. 
So um, like in our sizzle reel, you might have noticed we have a demo of the plus size doggy style strap, yeah. which is one of our best sellers. So this company, Sports Sheets, they actually designed a line of products, strap-ons and the, the doggy style strap, specifically for larger people, which is amazing. Hello. <laughs> and uh, they're the first company to ever do that. So we partnered them with them. They're one of our sponsors. And um, so we put a little snippet of the demo, how to, how to use the doggy style strap. Everybody's fully clothed, but, you know, there's a little demo. And so whenever you talk about sex toys, you can't be on during primetime hours. Okay. Even on cable. So we'll probably be on between, like, midnight and 5 a.m. <laughs> and we're going to be on a, a, a fairly major cable network that most people know about. Right I can't on. say the name yet, but it's pretty major. And, but it'll be on in the wee hours, so just set your DVR, and it's going to be called Plus Life, and it's going to be a day in the life at Curvy Girl Lingerie, and then all of us going on all kinds of little adventures. Denise Jolly is going to do a little Be Beautiful thing where the, um, they're in their bikinis outside at the mall. Um, we did the pole dancing. We did boudoir photo shoot. The Curvy Fashionista, Marie Denise, she came down here to San Jose to be part of the two or three of the episodes. So lots of cool stuff. Oh, awesome. I'm so excited for you. That's, Thank that, you. you. Oh, we filmed like the fashion show. So then, then hopefully, um, yeah, we could see all the sexy women in their lingerie on our fashion show, which is going to be exciting. That's so great. That's awesome. Yeah, we're excited. It's just a lot of work and a lot of fundraising. Always trying to raise more money, you know, but that's just, that's how it is when you own a business. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. you. (laughs) Yeah. So as we wrap things up here, the last question I ask all of my guests is what is the most fearless thing that you've done? The most fearless, I guess maybe opening my store. Um, Going on CNN was pretty, uh, (laughs) that was pretty amazing. That was kind of like gut check, you know, moment. Uh-huh. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> I was like, what now? CNN? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be on CNN, especially talking about lingerie and a plus-size lingerie boutique, you know? So, um, That's awesome. The funny thing is, though, when I was on CNN, we did it via Skype. So I'm in my house, and I have my laptop set up, and, you know, have it so the camera's got my face, whatever. And on the other side of my laptop, there's my boyfriend, buck naked, running around like a crazy person trying to distract me. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. He's so funny. He's just a goofball. Wow. I'm not trying is... to be all serious on CNN, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I have to look up that clip just to see if you can, like, see that in your face at all. <laughs> yeah. You'll notice I smile a lot, you know? Sometimes I tell people... Am I smiling or do I have my remote control vibrator in my panties? You never know. <laughs> oh my God, you are awesome. I just think we've had so much fun together. That's great. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank what about you? you? What's the most fearless thing you've ever done? Oh, you know, I've, okay, so I probably had a different answer before I started recording this show, but after hearing like so many people, I think, um, uh, it's kind of changed my, my own perception of it. So I think for me, it's, it's, it was giving up dieting. My career is a dieter mm. and just being like, fuck it. I'm just going to be happy in my body and start living my life. And, uh, and so that I think was probably the biggest thing for me. That's um, amazing. What about writing your book? Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that was pretty big too. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, putting myself out there, the fact that my dad, um, emailed me this morning being like, I downloaded your book, like the, 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 the amount of cringe factor that I had <laughs> when I read that, cause I'm so comfortable talking openly about my personal life, um, to the internet 
and like through yeah. the podcast. But when it comes to like people I know, I don't know. It's just like that's a that's a whole other like thing I need to work through in, in and of myself. Is like why why I cringe about that kind of stuff. Like why I close up at the idea of like my mother reading my book. But yeah. um, but I'm perfectly happy with like five thousand unknown people downloading it. So. Right. Let me tell you, I feel your pain because I have a book about how to give a gourmet blowjob, a book about nine tips for pain free anal sex. And it, all, all ebooks and ebook about hot sex and uh, curvy girl. And yeah. yes, my mom's like, oh, could you send me a copy? I'm like, oh my gosh, mom. No. Yeah, you're like, I don't know, mom. Because, <laughs> you know, she's with my dad and she's having sex with my dad. I'm just like, ew, dad, no, gross, mom. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're like bringing it in the bedroom being like, what's, <laughs> our, what's our baby saying about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. You're such a gem. I just Thank love so that uh, I was able to connect with you and have you on here so thank you so much for all of your time oh, i really appreciate the opportunity and i'd love to support me in any way i can and definitely let me know when it's time to promote it and i know my, my listeners and my followers would love to um to, to tune in and check it out too so thank you thank you so much i really appreciate it yeah oh before you go where can people find more of you oh sure um curvy girl inc is my website and blog and from there you can link to our lingerie from there and then yeah facebook you know just uh, facebook.com slash curvy girl inc Instagram is uh, Instagram slash Curvy Girl Lingerie. We're in San Jose. That's where our boutique is. Um, I'm really easy to find online. If you just look up Curvy Girl Lingerie San Jose, you'll find me pretty much everywhere. You know, um, when you have a retail location, you kind of have to you have to get around a little on social media. So I'm pretty it's pretty easy to find. But yeah, just look up Curvy Girl Lingerie or Crystal Bougon. Um, I'm not, I even have a Wikipedia page now. I'm like, whoa. I, saw, I know. That was so cool. I was like, I, I was reading that. <laughs> yeah. And then we have you around Yelp and Google and just everywhere. So it's pretty, pretty simple to find us. Right on. Well, thank you so much again. You're, you're, you're just amazing. And I can't wait to share this with everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Summer. Appreciate it. Rock on. I hope you feel inspired and revved up after that episode. You can find the links and resources mentioned at summerinandin.com forward slash 143. I'll be back again in a couple weeks with another classic episode. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Summer Inanin. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.